0: It's time for the Share Recovery Podcast, where we bring you amazing life changing success stories from addicts and alcoholics all over the world who share their inspiring journey in recovery. And now, here's your host, Oh! Hey,
1: everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Share Podcast. And today's episode is the audio recording of our Thursday night SRC meeting, where the topic was guilt, shame, and vulnerability. So if you're wondering what we cover in the online meetings inside the SRC, well, these are the conversations we have every single week. So let's dive into this week's episode, but first, a quick message from our sponsors. Are you looking for a new recovery-related podcast to add to your playlist? Then I have great news for you. The SRC has recently launched its first podcast titled The Dow of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast." In the SRC, the Share Recovery Community, we have some amazing online meetings every single day. And one of those is our DAO Recovery Meeting. In this meeting, one chapter of the DAO De Ching is discussed every week as to how it relates to recovery. The content is so good, we decided to share this meeting as a podcast. So go to your favorite podcast app and search for the DAO of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast to check this podcast out today. Are you ready to take control of your business, family, and personal life? Are you ready to get clear, get focused, and get results now? Are you ready to boost your confidence through the roof? Well, it's time to level up and add passion, fulfillment, and purpose back into your life right now. My name is Omar Pinto, and I am a certified NLP life coach specializing on enhancing your business, family, and personal life as well as a certified peer-to-peer recovery specialist who specializes in addiction recovery. Let me show you how to create balance, harmony, and success into your life daily. Go to www.omarpinto.com and schedule a free consultation with me today. Today's episode of the SHARE Podcast is brought to you by the SHARE Recovery Community. The SHARE Recovery Community is our new online recovery resource that offers online recovery meetings as well as peer-to-peer recovery support and coaching that will enhance your journey in recovery. If you find it difficult to make regular meeting attendance in your area or are unable to find the recovery meetings that fit your needs, then the Share Recovery Community is the perfect place for you. And the best part is you can try out the Share Recovery Community for the introductory rate of only $1 in the first month. And after that, It's only $12 a month that once again include live online meetings, peer-to-peer support, and recovery coaching. So for more information about this amazing recovery resource, go to www.thesharepodcast.com. Go to the top of the navigation bar and click on the button that says Share Recovery Community and join the Share Recovery Community for only $1 today. And if you haven't done so already, don't forget to leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It's one of the best ways to show your support for the podcast. All right. Hello, everyone. It's the Thursday night meeting, Share Recovery Community. Uh, It's seven o'clock on October 18th. Welcome. And we're going to start off by reading from the Just for Today, and it's October 18th reading called We Belong. And it says, although politics may, may politics make strange bedfellows, as the old saying goes, addiction makes us one of a kind. Basic text page eighty-seven. What a mixture of folks we have in Narcotics Anonymous! In any given meeting on any given night, we'll find a variety of people who probably never would have sat down in a room together if it weren't for the disease of addiction. Huh? Sounds about right. Okay. A member who is a physician described his unwillingness to identify at his first meeting by refusing to go into the room full of junkies. Another member with an extensive background in jails and institutions shared a similar story, except that her stock and surprise stemmed from the realization that there were were nice people there wearing suits yet. These two friends recently celebrated their 17th wedding anniversary. The most unlikely people from friendships sponsor each other and do service work together. We meet in the rooms of recovery together, sharing the bonds of past suffering and hope for the future. We, ne- we meet on mutual ground with our focus on the two things we all have in common addiction and recovery. Just for today, no matter what my personal circumstances, I belong. It's a great reading. Love it. Love it. So I like reading from the Narcotics Anonymous, but this is not a Narcotics Anonymous meeting. However, this is a great topic. Who would like to begin?
2: You know, when I walked into my first AA meeting, I, I really didn't know what to expect. I didn't know anybody in AA, so I just kind of went myself, which was really scary, actually. Um, and one of the first, well, the first four people asked me if I was required to be there and I didn't know what that meant at that time. So I was kind of like, no. Um, but the first person that actually spoke with me, you know, introduced himself and said, you may think that you have nothing in common with these people, but the best thing that you can do for yourself is just to listen for the similarities. That was the first thing, first advice that I ever heard really, um, And so that was very helpful. And there are a lot of things that I don't identify. Um, This particular meeting that I attend most of the time does have a lot of people who are required to be there. Um, And a lot of information about like jail, which is just not part of my story. So I don't identify with it, but almost every single person who is shared in there about their story. I'm like, Oh yeah, I get that. Like I get that. I get that. So it is interesting that we all belong and most of us can relate to each other, at least on some level.
1: Thank you, Sarah. Okay. Who was the other one? Somebody else chimed in.
2: I just, I'm Corey
3: and uh, I got uh, two days here coming up on two days. And <laughs> from, <Yay>. uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just, I really like this format and everything just because the meetings that I have around here are, uh, it's kind of like a smaller town and, um, I don't know, seem, it seems like a lot of like zealotry, you know, just like very rote, um, like repeatings of like the preamble and what, and then, and then it's like a lot of just like, I don't know. I don't want to I have nothing against like older people or anything, but the, the, it's just, uh, it's not, it's not like my cup of tea. I haven't found anybody like I connect with or anything in there. And, uh, I know I probably do need to go because maybe one day there'll be somebody, but there's definitely no women's meetings here at all. And, um, there are a few, I don't want to say, you know, cause I don't want to sound like, oh, I mean, whatever, there's some like real skeezers in there. Just like, yeah, I just got out of jail or, you know, what? not that I'm better than anybody, but it's just like, I can't identify with some of that. So, or, or just like, um, anyway, yeah. So that's all I, I wanted to say, I guess. And I, I do want to this time, um, really start working the stuff because, you know, last time I, I did have four years, but like, um, it, I got stuck on step four and then just, you know, so I think this time it might be smart to just, if I can find somebody and just like start working them right away. I mean, that's what I've heard on some people's stories to, to just do that and not get stuck. But if you guys have any um, thoughts, I would appreciate it.
1: <laughs> wonderful. Thank you for sharing, Corey. And it's wonderful to have you. You are welcome. Make yourself at home. All right. Who wants to dive in next? Hi, my name's Omar. I will start. All right, so we all belong. And one of the things that I remember when I first came to recovery was that I had no place else to go. So I was, I was desperate. I was desperate. I needed help. Um, I live in Costa Rica. This was uh, 15 years ago. Um, so I had, to, I had to find something. So I went to a therapist. And the therapist had said, you're an addict. You need to go to Narcotics Anonymous meetings. And I just remember going, what? But I'm not an addict. Because in my head, an addict was a needle user. That was it. That was my definition of an addict, a needle user. And since I wasn't a needle user, I just had a problem with cocaine. So... Rock bottom later. Lose my wife. Get kicked out of my business. Blah 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 blah. I go back to that therapist. Ten months later, can you give me like uh, directions to one of those meetings that you were talking about? And there I was, the gift of desperation. I go to one of these meetings, and it's a bunch of like you said, you know, these kajis, uh, older guys, real uh, t- at least twenty years older than I. Was than I was. Uh, Some of them could have been even 30 years older than me. And uh, 30, 40, 50, 60. Yeah, 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 yeah. 30 years older than me. And so I was like, wow, man, this is unbelievable. Look at these guys. I have nothing in common with these guys. Well, they started sharing. And whoa, that shifted really, really fast. And I started to identify. I could could start picking apart the similarities. And I stopped looking at, at them now. I don't look like Corey. So unfortunately, and especially in Narcotics Anonymous, right? The girls are targets. And that's the, that's the unfortunate part of that nobody's picking up on me. So, you know, I, I think I was weighing, I weigh 196 pounds today. I was weighing 230 pounds when I walked into the rooms. So I just was just a big marshmallow. Okay, so it's just puffy, like, you know. Anyway, so I go in there, and then it was. They said, here's a phone list. Come back tomorrow. Keep coming back. You know, we suggest that you pick up some of this literature, and you you figure out which one of us can sponsor you. And I came back the next day, and it was the first time that without any other kind of help, any other assistance, any kind of like substitute drug. I didn't smoke weed. I didn't take pills. I didn't drink alcohol. They said, hey, you know what? You don't have to drink. You don't have to use just for today. Just come back tomorrow. Same time. We'll be here. And I did that and I showed up. And I just remember sitting in that meeting the next day and going, holy shit. I actually stayed sober for 24 hours. I can't remember the last time I was completely sober in years. And that's where that little spark kind of started. And I was like, okay, I think this is it, man. I, th- I, think, I think this might work. And so I called one of the guys on the list they gave me. I asked him to sponsor me. He said yes. And we started, we started working together. My experience, that was my experience. Now, as the years went by... And I started getting more clean time and the group started to grow. More personalities started to kind of personalities over principles started to take over and it started pushing people out because a little bit more of that, that real kind of dogmatic structure started to take hold and the old timers, they like wear their clean time, like this badge of honor and, you know, they kind of throw their weight around. And that's that's why I launched the podcast three years ago. So here's the bottom line: is this we do belong, and it's the message, not the messenger. If I can if I can separate myself from the people that taint the message, if you were able to finish all twelve steps, it'll change your life. It changed my life, right? And and it and I didn't do it over a weekend. It took me four years to do it because I did it in NA. It's just the way I did it. If you were to ask me how I did it, that's how I did it. I feel like I belong even when I don't feel like I belong, if that makes any sense. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: And so you're not going to fucking push me out of a room. That's that's just me, right? Like anywhere I go, I am now the alpha dog. So when I walk into a room, no matter what they say, no matter what they do, you're not going to push me out of a room. I, I fought for this chair. I work I you know I worked the steps for this chair. Fuck you and your whatever. And that's always been kind of my 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 stance. And then since then I launched share, I've launched this group, and it's the idea is where are you at? Where do you want to go? How can we help you? You wanna check out Refuge? Let's show up tomorrow morning at eight o'clock Eastern. Nine. Marla's hosts nine o'clock Eastern. Nine. Thank you for that. Thank nine. you for that. Nine o'clock Eastern. Oh, it's eight o'clock my time. Sorry, I'm just thinking my time. Nine o'clock Eastern. We show up for Marla's Refuge meeting. Okay, if you want to do open topic, here we are. This one where there's a women's meeting right before this one, men's meeting right before this one, and we make it as 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 welcoming as possible, so that no matter where you're at, it's cool. Welcome. yeah,
3: it's wonderful because it's so accessible, you know, and yes. especially for. You know, when there's not a lot of meetings We're in this, like, hanky-dink town that I live in right now, you know? So, it's like, well, I mean, I, I came from Chicago when I first got sober. It was like, oh, you want a women's meeting? You want to, you know, they had everything. And, yeah, it's just a little different now. So, I, I'm very grateful for this uh, forum, you know? So.
1: Hanky-dink meetings. I like it.
4: Like, hanky-dink town. <laughs> One horse town. So, while my. <laughs> While, while my internet wasn't working, what what prompted the topic?
1: Oh, it's the the reading. We belong. Oh. Okay. So you want me to read it real quick, Marla?
4: No, I, I have a lot to say about it, but bring it I'm on. Afraid, well, because it's it's an honest account of how I feel about Alcoholics Anonymous. Go for it. Which, um, I knew nothing about. When I was starting to get sober, which I also knew nothing about. I had no um, addiction in my family, so I had no consciousness of AA or NA. I was thrown into detox because I couldn't stop using, and um, that's where I found AA. But what I found, um, you know, I, I clung onto it, clung onto it immediately because I knew something had to save me. Um, I hung out in, in AA rooms for about five years, and I went through three um, three sponsors. All of them were sicker than me. I, I really I, you know, I, I, I don't mean to make the, to say that as a judgment, but I always felt like I was helping them more than they were helping me. Um, but I, you know, I felt so weird sitting around a table talking and then nobody responding back. It was, it was like sitting at my family mm-hmm. dinner table. And once I realized that, exactly, Omer, once I realized that, I'm like, I, I gotta get out of here. I gotta get out of these rooms. That's when I started looking for something else, and Refuge Recovery kind of popped up there. So that's kind of my honest account of how I feel about AI. I tried to go back about six months ago it's just not for me. Not for me. I like it here. You can go to the meeting without a bra. <laughs> yeah.
1: I like to be comfortable,
4: too. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know how freeing that is?
1: It's liberating on all, four, on all fronts.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but here's the thing. If you don't have a place to vent, then... In many cases, you just kind of find yourself stuck. And if I don't, it's these thoughts. First of all, it's the thoughts. Thoughts come in and they trigger something. Something happens to me, I'm triggered. The thought, it triggers an emotional state. If I don't pick up a phone, if I don't get to a meeting, if I don't talk to someone, the emotional state gets worse. Once the emotional state gets too severe, I have to soothe it somehow. It's it's just so simple. Trigger, emotional state, behavior, and then reward or consequence. It's one of the two. That, that's the, 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 the only two outcomes that you have in a situation like that. So if I'm frustrated, if I am whatever, unhappy or uncomfortable with the state of wherever I was at, I bring it to a place where I can share about it honestly and get some feedback. You know, I think that, I think that you know, we're, here's the most important thing. We're all human beings. Nobody's perfect. And an AA group and an NA group is all run by alcoholics and drug addicts. So to expect this high level of political correctness is, you know, uh, it's a reach. It's a stretch. You just, it's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. So I have to, I need, I need a place that's safe where I can say, you know what? I wasn't comfortable here and that's not okay. And let me tell you why. And I just want to I want to speak freely. And then boom, we take it we take it from there, and then this the once that happens i and you guys all know this so many times you have a thought, emotions flare up, I pick up the phone, I call someone as I start to explain it to the other person, immediately the emotional state comes down, and then my thought changes. Wait a minute, maybe. Maybe I was taking myself a little too seriously there. Maybe that's not such a great idea. It's like the minute I start explaining it, it changes. Who's had experiences with that? That's the power of reaching out and making a phone call. It doesn't matter whether or not I'm going to take action or not. If I want to check my emotional state, I'll call somebody, and it changes the minute I start talking.
5: You know, The podcasts were our first reach out for recovery, I guess you could say. I I guess I Googled it. I came across it somewhere, and we started listening to podcasts in the car. And it was, at first, it was like, I think it was like uh, you have the warm beer episode and the whiskey bottles in the garden, a couple of the first ones I listened to. And it's like, wow, I started relating to these things, you know. And um, I feel the same way about the A meetings. We've been to a few, but I like these so much better. Uh, the group I was introduced to, you know, there's 30, 40 people there, you know, four or five people will get to share. And then that's it, you know, and I just, I like these small groups, you know, plus it's convenient, but uh, uh, the podcasts were very, very helpful to us right in the beginning.
1: Buddy. buddy. Hey, buddy. My man. Oh, hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, buddy.
5: <laughs> How are y'all?
1: <laughs> Wonderful.
5: Did I, did I catch y'all before y'all uh, what, what are y'all talking about? You belong about, hey, If you're talking about me, it won't be a long conversation I promise you
2: <laughs> Oh was talking about old timers Kind of wearing their time said, They're kind of wearing their time And we you went like this And all I could think about was flavor slave.
1: That's <laughs> Thank you That's exactly <laughs> what I was going for Yo man, what's up? 30 years <laughs> I I used to I used to just man the shit talking that I would do after the meetings with my like my little cronies we would get together like after the meetings and we just just get in a little group like a little knitting circle and we would just crucify half the people in the room it was ridiculous like at some points I remember we'd just be like dude we got to stop Seriously, it's out of control.
4: <laughs> Way to practice non-judgmentalness.
1: I know, I I'm, I'm just you know what I mean. Like I'm calling myself out, call myself out. I don't do that as much anymore. Practice. What is it? Practice not perfection. What is it? Progress, not perfection. But I am working on it, Marla. Mindful. Mindful. We're talking about how we belong, buddy belong in the groups. Okay. Like, we all belong. Although politics makes strange bedfellows, as the old saying goes, addiction makes us one of a kind. So okay. we're
5: all we're all part of the body.
1: We're all part of the body. Right? So yeah. it's 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 about the idea of belonging. And look, there's Mel. Hi Mel.
4: Hey Mel. Hey hey girl, I'm sorry I'm light.
1: is that is that why the first word of the first
5: step is we It's all plural. All those steps are plural, even though they're talking about us as individuals, you know, that way for a reason.
3: Why can't that book be uh, modernized a little bit? Exactly. That's, I mean, I'm not, I know a lot of people get sober by it. And I mean, I I read it like a Bible, you know, like uh, back when I first got sober, I had everything highlighted and underlined and stuff like that. But I mean, It was, I I wish that it could be geared a little bit. I mean, it's, I don't know. I just feel like some of it's like a little bit outdated and it'd be nice. I feel like they'd get more young people maybe if they could maybe, I don't know, revise it a little bit, maybe.
5: I I think there's probably a couple of things to that. One, um, I, I think there's a fear of fooling with it because when you start, changing things what you know there's such a reverence and a respect for something that che- that saved your life uh that changing any official part of it you know is you know i think that's part of it. the other thing is you know there's a real aspect to letting go to start believing and looking at something that doesn't fit with your all your thinking i'm special yeah that's exactly that's exactly what I'm saying you know so so know. being able to overlook that is a really a part of letting go too for me uh and you know it's all suggestive anyway. our steps are suggestive, so everyone's welcome to take and create their own recovery from that. They don't have to you know you could rewrite the book if you wanted to I mean it's no big deal. You're not going to get AA to stamp it and say, this is the new book. But, I mean, we're, you know, it's all suggestive. The whole program's suggestive. So, you know, we all take parts of it and leave other parts already. I mean, we all do that. We all have our own program. So, uh, but uh, I kind of like it that they don't change it because, you know, that stability's there, you know, and you've got that foundation. If it it was something that saved your life like it did mine, I, I don't want, I want them to leave it alone so that we don't screw it up because I'll screw it up. If I start trying to change it, I can just change my personal uh, beliefs and my, you know, my personal recovery. And that's enough for me. But uh, I think that's why they don't do it.
1: Well, the 12 and 12 is a much easier literature to go through. So you could, the 12 and 12 has the structure of the 12 steps in a much more digestible form. Oh, uh, so check that out. Yeah. Uh, and also for me, when I got sober, I got sober in Narcotics Anonymous. And so the basic text, that, was, that came out in the 80s. So the, that is – Instead
3: awesome. of the 30s.
1: It's a completely different dialogue. Like I remember reading – this is the funny thing. I, I was, remember reading an A.A. And it's the letter to the wives. Mm -hmm. And I'm reading this thing going, I would never read this to my wife. Never. Ever. (laughs) I would never read this to my wife.
3: That's what I mean with the a little outdated with that stuff. But yeah.
5: You know, then you've got modern books like Drop the Rock and those types, or more modern. That's really, that was 80s too, I think, wasn't it? So, Uh, but, uh, but you know, there's always new books and things coming out that are modernizing recovery. You know, so, uh, but, you know, Daily Reflections came out, what, 1990, I think it was, so that's a little more, you know, but, uh, and and they do that with the stories, too, I think, because they update the stories in the back, so, you know, every time, so that's kind of a way to do that, um, but uh, I'm with you. It'd be nice if they could and not lose the program, but we all have different ideas of what that should be. So, you know, they went through a lot of hassle in just how they wrote. I don't know if you've read any of the history there, but how they wrote that book to begin with, it was a huge conflict. You had the real liberal New York people, and then you had the real uh, conservative uh, people in uh, Akron. And, I mean, it was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And they fought and fought and fought to make that happen.
2: Tori, may I make a book suggestion? Yes. There, it's not an AA book, but it's called The Woman's Way Through the 12 Steps by Stephanie Covington. Dr. Okay. Stephanie Covington. Um, and so it, it is 12 Steps. They for looking to Oh, God bless you. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's something that you're familiar with, but it is a more modern book, and some of it does... At least, in my opinion, I'm a woman, obviously. So, yeah. Um, but some of it is a little bit easier to relate to, I found. Um, Thank you. Just changing the way of of the perspective, I think. It's on Amazon.
4: Yeah, recovery from a woman's point of view, is completely different than it is from a man's point of view. So, moder- I like the modern uh, modern books written by women. More or less better than any others because they, you know, we were crazy. <laughs> we think differently. No, no question about it. We think differently. So, although I like hearing uh, a male's point of view all the time, I mean, often. Yeah,
3: they shame spiral too. Inspiring. I said they shame
4: spiral too, right? <laughs> Some of them. Buddy. <laughs> I'm sorry? <laughs> Nothing. We were talking just about shaming men. Yeah. Oh, no,
3: no. yeah. I mean, going through your own shame spiral about something that, you know. Oh, yeah.
5: I don't do that that often. I'm sorry that I don't fit that one. I don't, I don't get into shame very much. We talked about that this morning, didn't we, Marla? Wasn't it this morning? Or was it Tuesday? I don't remember. Uh but yeah, I, I'm I'm sorry, that one's not one of mine. Now I know guys that have had real issue with that, but uh but but most women I know in recovery have had issue with that, you know, so that's a it's real huge. common common it's really, common it's
4: huge for us because we're yeah. supposed to be the caregivers and um you know, I, I didn't get sober till my daughter graduated high school. Mm-hmm. She never had a sober mom up until now, you know until what, how we are now. I, I feel such uh, guilt and shame about that. I don't even go there anymore. I can't, I can't. It hurts to go there so she turned out pretty well though, despite me. <laughs>
1: Hey, question, guys! My internet just went out. I was gone for like a minute. Mm-hmm. Did, did the we thing? We didn't even notice you left, though. We didn't <laughs> know. No, I, I hear you, which is great. <laughs> no, we did. But
2: it did the whole thing. Now, now the host. No,
5: world. just you. You just disappeared, but everything else was fine. Yeah, That's we stayed. awesome. But there were three or four people that dropped all at once. Oh. Wasn't, there, wasn't there a couple of people just bam, bam? But not all of us. I don't know what happened to them. I guess they all, they left on their own. I don't know. I started talking and they left. I said, well, I'm sorry. I just thought they didn't want to hear about that, you know.
2: don't
4: <laughs>
1: Buddy. Uh, anyway. All right. So, Marla, what were you saying about your, your daughter?
4: Oh, we were just talking about shame and guilt, that, how women mm-hmm. process shame and guilt differently than men. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And um, the one thing that I'm still ashamed of is being a drunk mom Mm. for most of my daughter's life. So
1: have you talked to her about it?
4: Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 I made amends and everything.
1: And what's her feedback?
4: We have a great relationship really now. Um, She's Mm -hmm. forgiven me.
1: Okay. Okay. So, 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 but you still feel guilt and shame about it. For what reason?
4: I just, I wasn't the mom I wanted to be.
1: Okay. Okay. Are you the mom you, you, you want to be now?
4: Yes. Yes. Very much.
1: (sighs) Look, here's, here's my whole thing. We're all human. We all make mistakes. I come from a really dysfunctional family you know we all come from something it's not it's not perfect and the most important thing is how we show up now and my daughter let me tell you something my biggest concern for my daughter is that she's going to go out in the real world and just think everything's going to be handed to her she's like a house cat never had one problem in her life she goes to <laughs> private school she gets picked up she gets dropped off I, need, I want an iPhone, I want this, you know, I mean, yes, yes, uh, you know, I mean, I, I'm the worst, you know, I mean, it, listen, I can coach on all kinds of things, but when somebody asked me about parenting, I say, this is the, what's the one thing I cannot coach you on? No idea, none. I'm just as soft as a marshmallow. So my only concern is that she's going to go out there and she's got no coping skills, there's those of us who have learned through suffering, through dysfunctional families, through hardships, through struggle, to be tough, to be resilient, to get out into the world, right? And, and we make a difference because we had to make a difference in our own lives. And so you can look at it both ways. You can look at it both ways. There's, there's hardships that we learn from and we become better people. And then, you know, in, in other cases, right? They never go through anything. But then later on, she might go through something and it's like, wow, she just has no idea how to get through it. She doesn't have the skin, you know. So, who's to say what's better, or what's not, right? What's important is what's right now.
4: Exactly. My therapist always said that, you know, who's to say you would have been a better mom if you were sober?
5: (laughs) Did you do the best you could do, Marla.
4: I sure did. For what well, well then what else can
5: you do? Now, now let me ask you, we do we talk about this stuff in the Dow the Dow meeting all the time. If every step is on the path, was it not like it you know where I'm going? Was it not like it needed to be or was supposed to be or the only way it could be? It
4: was the only way it could have been.
5: Yeah. So the only thing we can do is let it go if it's the only way it could have been. It couldn't have been any different. It's like trying to fix people. You can't fix them. You certainly can't fix yourself. If you could have done any different, you would have been different. So you couldn't have. So no need to beat yourself up about it, you know?
4: Uh, I've gotten way better at it. It's Good. A little bit. Left, but...
5: Good. Do you know other people who, other women that beat themselves up? about that kind of thing, Shane? Well, when that comes on you, why don't you try praying for them or encouraging them or thinking good things for them instead of sitting in the shame? Might be a, a, that might be a good way to, to, a good action to take when that comes up.
3: I call it the slime suit. I like to sit in the slime suit. Mm. That's good. Just like, you know, maybe you're hungover or... Maybe, uh, you said something you shouldn't to somebody and, you know, you're like, oh God, what a piece of shit. Oh, you know, like I, I'm the worst. I've covered in slime, just the slime all day, like the slime suit. And I like to just sit in it. (laughs) Buddy, I, before you came on, I only have like two days sober here. So that's why I probably, yeah,
4: I'm like newer, so... (laughs)
5: Oh, that's okay. I mean, that's good. Glad you're here. But you're not new at sobriety though, right? I mean, you've been around. This is...
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so, yeah, I had like four years and then uh, I've been out for like three or four years.
5: Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, tap good. into those Glad four years. It didn't go away. You can, you can tap into the resources that you learned in those four years and anytime you want to. They didn't just disappear
3: right?
1: Absolutely. You know,
3: I remember those times. They were happy times. Mm-hmm. I got married. I had, you know, two beautiful babies. Like I, I even, I even had like a terrible birth injury that I couldn't um, walk. It was like a freak epidural accident. And I couldn't walk for like two months. I had to relearn how to walk. I was in a, I came from the hospital in a wheelchair and I didn't, I didn't touch a drop of alcohol. You know, I was praying to God every day for like can I move my leg just an inch, just an inch? You know I mean? It was like that long of a struggle to like, but I, I did it. I did it all sober, you know, like I know it can be done.
1: Well, there's no question about it. You know, I was just thinking about this when I made amends to my ex-wife, how many of you guys heard my episode with my ex-wife and I, okay. So my ex-wife and I, I put her through a living hell. I mean, like a living hell. And um, three years after I got sober, I made amends. And so my amends was, hey, you know what? I can't say I'm sorry. This is, I'm not here to say I'm sorry. I'm here to say that I caused a lot of damage and a lot of wreckage. Is there anything that I can do? Is there anything that I can do to make amends or start to make amends for all the shitty things, you know, that I, that I did while we were married? And she says, you know, you're a very different person now. I was, this was three years after I'd, I'd quit. So I made my amends three years after. She goes, you're a very different person now. And you're a good father. You know, um, and here's the thing. I would do it all over again for to have Marissa be born, which is our daughter. So I, I don't know what comes first, the chicken or the egg. I really don't. I don't know what it all means but like buddy was saying too if if every step is part of the journey if it's if it's part of the experience then me going through what i went through and my ex-wife going through what she went through changed us into different people and 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 propelled us in different directions but with those learnings we become different people i became the father that i am today because of what a shitty husband i was in the past. And here's the thing she had, I thought she was still single. She was seeing somebody. And I said, you know, if you want whatever you need me to say to you, I will say, right. If you need, if you're seeing somebody, I was guessing, I suspected. And I said, if you're seeing somebody and you need me to give you permission, which you don't, then I'll do that. And she said, yeah, I do. I needed you to say that because I didn't tell you about him because I didn't want you to leave your daughter. I was afraid that if you found out I was seeing somebody, you'd go back to the States. And I didn't want your daughter not to have her father. If you want to speak about a moment that will change your life forever, that is an example of unconditional love, it was in that moment that I was taught through my ex-wife what unconditional love really meant that she had put her entire life on hold to make sure that I didn't leave our daughter, changed my life forever. And so I'm, I'm grateful for all of it, man. I'm grateful for all of it because I am the man that I am today, the father that I am today, the husband I am to my, my current wife because of those experiences, right? So there's no more guilt and shame for me. For me, it's all about, man, thank goodness I went through all that. Because today, my daughter, my wife, my sister, my friends, my community, they get the best version of me. You know, that's what recovery and that's what those big changes and that's what suffering and getting through it does. It makes you a Viking you can get through anything. Thanks for letting me share. Right. Don't let me bogart the meeting. Sarah, jump in
2: oh <laughs> uh, well you know i do think i'm still back on the guilt and shame you know because i wear that as if it were my right hand and my left hand and um you know i i don't really know if, if that's a biological difference just the way i, am. I hear people saying about letting go and i ask for that. And I try to practice that. And, you know, so far, I'm really not doing a very good job at letting it go. Um, But, uh, you know, I'm newer in recovery. So I'm hoping that with time, it will get a little bit easier. But when you asked Marla, if she knew people that other women that beat themselves up like that, and I was like, doesn't everyone like everyone everyone does that? <laughs> it, I mean, addicts and non addicts, alcoholics, non alcoholics. You know? Every woman that I know, um, I won't speak for the men because I don't typically have this kind of conversation with men, but every woman that I know carries guilt and shame like. Like flavor flave. <laughs> right. It's part of their body. I mean, it's yeah. not myself, but when you have that we truly are, you know, so deeply heard about choices that you've made, choices that you didn't make. You know, we want to act like letting go of it is just so easy, and it just isn't for most of us. Um, so I'm, I'm still kind of thinking about that. And you forgot to mention us as receiving the better part of you. So I hope we're involved in that community thing.
1: Yeah, you guys are my community. What are you talking about?
2: Just checking. Just checking.
1: Yeah, I, I have a. Yeah. Sarah, I have a big community. I have a big family. Big family. Huge. Lots of love.
2: <laughs> but yeah, the guilt and shame, that's a really big issue, I think. And that's one thing that I really like about that book that I recommended to you, Corey. Uh, there's a lot of talk about
4: that in there. You know, there's another group called She Recovers. Mm-hmm. Um, they also, in within She Recovers, they have a shame booth. I haven't been in it yet, but um, Omar interviewed her.
1: Yeah. Don Nickel.
4: Yeah. Don Nickel. Yeah. I heard, I heard that. What's the shame booth? I'm not sure. I, it just pops up on her Facebook feed. I'm on her Facebook feed, oh. but I, I think, I mean, it's geared to women. that <laughs> She recovers. I don't know. I would love for somebody to try it and let us know.
1: I bet you Brandy's done it
5: I'm
4: in there.
5: I bet she
1: has too I bet you Brandy has oh, any amount of money she's done I'm going to ask her
4: <laughs> who's, seen the Brene,
1: who's seen the Brene Brown YouTube video about shame
4: I read her book Yeah, I've seen it several times
1: I love it I've seen it a few times too and you know it talks about the difference between shame shame for women is I have to do everything perfect I have to be the perfect wife, the perfect mother, the perfect everything. I have to look perfect. I have to sound perfect. I have to be, it's completely ridiculous. Where did this come from? I don't even know what, where, because it's unsustainable for anyone. Perfection is not attainable. It's not sustainable. So how can I be this perfect wife and mother and, and, and how do I show up in the world? Right. At the school, at the grocery store, I have to be and look perfect it's unsustainable. I mean, you're going, you're going to crack. It's going to, you know, and this is where the soothing comes in for men. It's to be perceived as weak. That's where the shame comes in for men. I cannot be seen as weak. I love the thing that she said in there where she was talking to a man, a man came up to after one of her talks and says, you know, so you, I love what you, you know, your, your take on vulnerability you know, what's your feedback to men? She goes, oh, well, I don't work with men. He goes, oh, well, that's convenient. And so then she she says, okay, well, I guess I got to look into this for men. And so then what she discovered, and she, no, this is what the guy said to her. She goes, "You, you know, shame for men, or at least for me, I know this, that my wife and my daughter, the most important women in my life, would rather see me die on top of my white horse then see me fall off of it. So there's this nobility in the battle, and death. But to fail is weakness. And it's like, wow, think about what we care. Where the heck, Where did this come from? That's just ego, Oh, It's ego. Is it? Yeah. That's all bullshit. It is absolute bullshit. And it needs to be discussed as much because it's unsustainable. None of it. None of it is sustainable. Failure is a part of life. And as far as I'm concerned, it's an encouraged part of life. The only time you know you're growing and learning and changing and enjoying life is when you're failing. You're never going to do anything right the first time. So it's always about get up, try again, get up, try again, get up, try again. Mastery is where you start to get into this idea of getting into the flow, getting into the zone. But that takes a lot of practice and there's a whole lot of failing. Where does this idea that we can even be perfect or impenetrable or, you know, without any sort of, without weak, which is vulnerable is in some cultures for men considered to be weakness. That's, that's how I grew up. My dad never came up to me and goes, son, how are you? How are you feeling, son? Ah, you look a little sad today. Tell me a little bit about your emotions. My dad died. I never had that conversation in (coughs) sixty-seven years. Those, in well, not sixty, in my lifetime, those words never were uttered. And so, where does that, you know, we haven't, you know, we have that opportunity as men today to to talk to our sons differently and 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 our daughters. Wow, this top, this meeting (laughs) got.
0: deep wow
1: Corey welcome
5: <laughs> so what's some strategy when when you're sitting in the what was it the slime suit you called it Corey yeah the slime suit how do you get out of the slime suit what do you do what action because it's our actions that change our thinking not our thinking that changes our action so what action can we take to get out of that when it starts
3: you know i usually call my sister who mm-hmm. she's been on and off sober for however long here too she's my younger sister but she calls it the slime suit too and it always makes me feel better to call her mm-hmm. um and so we just start talking about it and then we start laughing about it Oh, I'm just covered in slime. It's so heavy. Oh, it's so heavy today. Oh, I'm the worst person. This is what happened. you know i then I said this to her, and probably now she doesn't want to be friends with me or you know, I mean, just it could be anything. I'm the worst mom, like, ah, oh, slime, <laughs> but yeah, so she usually gets me out of it because she
4: you know
5: Cory froze up,
4: yeah, yep, internet issues.
1: Well, that's that's the only drawback with our our meeting format is the internet frailty. Especially okay. Well, while we were. What's that?
2: Especially in a hinky dink town, wasn't that her word? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: the
1: the hinky dink town, I think it. You know, while we wait for, oh, yeah, yeah, she must have lost it. John. You know, while we were waiting for her to come back in, uh, tragedy struck in our community. One of the the young girls in uh, our fellowship, 22 years old, uh, jumped off a bridge yesterday. Oh, no. No. Beautiful girl. I mean, beautiful girl, beautiful heart, and just emotionally wrecked. And she had, and apparently she had shared at uh, the women's meeting on Tuesday night, and so there was a lot of warning signs. Uh, you know, I know that some of the women had reached out to her. Uh, Who was that? Ima. Uh, her name is Mariana Lizano. She's not in our group. She's not in. She's not in our. Actually, I added her. I, as a matter of fact, she's in the SRC. I added her, I said, I said, listen, cause I knew she was struggling. And I said, look, I, I know you're struggling to get to meetings. These are online. Why don't you join us in here? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I added her in there. So she's, she's in the group, never made a meeting. Mm. You know, and it's just, and I, and I get that. I get that. You're in this tremendous amount of pain and you don't think that the meetings are going to work. I'm in too much pain for that. All right. Corey's back. Is she? Did you freeze again, Corey? <laughs> <laughs> classic. That's yeah, classic. That's about, I love those.
2: <laughs> that
1: was, see, that's why we record these. Perfect. I know. Can Corey, are you I'm back? Here?
3: Yeah, I'm back, and I missed the joke.
1: Okay, Sorry. no, no, trust me, it wasn't a joke. No, the joke you missed was like you were trying to figure out your stuff, and then you went like this, fuck, and that was that was it was it was perfect. It was like it couldn't have been better, right? So the and joke was I actually a
3: up. I'm like, fuck, I'm in the middle of a thought. And I'm all
1: like, you were in the middle of the slime suit, and how you get out but, of it? Yeah. Continue, continue. <laughs>
3: Oh yeah. So yeah, normally I'll just call my sister uh, when I'm in the slime suit because she's experienced it as well. She's just like kind of the same. So, I mean, it could be about anything. It could be, maybe you said something to somebody and you felt bad about it, or oh, maybe you drunk and you're feeling hungover, or maybe you didn't get that project done that you thought, you know, I mean, just anything to kind of, you're kind of a terrible person, you know, like, I don't know where that comes from. Like, I really don't. I didn't, I didn't grow up in a terrible household or any, no one ever told me that I was, it's just like internal. Like, I don't know why like to tell myself that or find that skip in the record and just like, yeah, yeah, just let it.
5: They, they say that's, that's a reverse pride. is one thing they talk about when well, the 12 and 12. Okay. Is it self pity? And all the things, all the different ways that shows is a is a reverse form of pride.
3: So, what does that mean?
5: Well, it's it's the opposite. Like it's you know, instead of being prideful about something, you're shaming yourself. You're condemning yourself about your behavior instead of taking the opposite. It's still it's still ego. It's still you know the same coming from the same place. It's just manifesting or showing itself differently
3: because you're thinking about yourself instead of like, exactly. For another yes. person. I got you.
1: Well, this is why when we were, when we, when I mentioned earlier, the minute you pick up the phone, so I'm, I'm in the, like you were saying with your sister, I'm in the slime suit. I already know what to do. I'm going to call my sister. As soon as I talk to my sister, I vomit it all out. And then as I start to vomit it all out, we find the joke. We find the laughter in it. The emotional state starts to dissipate. So the, in- the negative intensity starts to come down. And then I can look at it with a different perspective. And as soon as the thought changes <clears throat> perspective, so does the emotional state. Right. It's all just a thought. The it's thought. not happening to me right now. Everything attached to an emotional state is all based on a thought. What is it that I'm thinking on? So the question would be, what am I focusing on? Am I focusing on something positive? Am I focusing on something negative? Am I po- focusing on what I want? Or am I focusing on what I don't want? And, and any one of those, and then the thought provokes the emotions, right? And then all of a sudden I'm in the slime suit. Yeah. Judging, yeah. judging myself, right? The only difference is as soon as, again, the way to get out of that is to reach out to somebody else, just like everything else, Mm -hmm. right? I feel like using, I pick up the phone. I feel like shit, I feel sad, I pick up the phone, right? I feel angry, I pick up the phone, or I get to a meeting, or I go for a run, right? I have to do something to get my brain to focus on something else. But a lot of times, like you said, I just want to sit here, oof, so comfy, so warm and hot in the shit, I just want to stew, Oh, yeah, you know, and then I want to go talk about, oh, poor me, and oh, this is, life sucks, and oh, you know, it's so unfair, the injustice of it all, and then I'm just stewing in there, it Does and, and it just gets worse and worse and worse. And it's funny now, but we've all been there, at least for, at least for me, I usually, it's not the self-pity, it's the anger. When I'm triggered by anger, I, want, I love it it's another high and so the anger sets in and i know rationally i this is i this is ridiculous i shouldn't be angry but it's already been triggered so i can hold on to it there's a there's a certain sense of of certainty because i am in i'm in this state right so it moves me from a place of possibly i'm feeling hurt or i'm feeling scared anger allows me to feel strong. So I'll sit in there a little bit longer. It's it's all the same thing. It's like which negative emotion do I choose to sit in and why? What kind of secondary benefits does it give me to kind of stew in my own shit? Those are the those are the big questions. Yeah. yeah.
4: Stewing in my own shit.
1: We've all done it. We've all oh. done it. Guilty is ah. charged. Woe is me.
3: I did hear that there has to be hurt before there's anger, though. That emotion always comes before anger which is interesting. Huh? I I don't know
1: if it's always, but it's certainly, it's certainly a secondary. It's a secondary. Even if
3: somebody cuts you off in traffic, you're like, Oh, and then you get pissed.
5: I was,
1: I was thinking about that right now. I was thinking, do I get sad when somebody cuts me off or do I just go straight to pissed?
5: For a second, maybe. Or or you lose your peace. Yeah.
3: You yeah.
1: lose
5: your peace and then like it goes from two to one, you know, you you start insane thinking, then you see it outwardly like anger or some other way. Yeah, I could see that. that
1: no, but sense. you're right. You are right. If you are hurt, if somebody hurts yeah. your feelings, like for example, yeah. guy, guy goes and asks a girl out. She says, no, he, his feelings were hurt, but he doesn't say, you know, Oh, gosh, jeez, that sucks. I was really counting on us going out on a date. I'm, that really hurt my feelings. Most men are not going to say that. Oh, that bitch. Oh, what does she think she is? I think she's all that. So I will go from this hurt state. The hurt state will propel, and I will immediately go to anger because, I, again, I feel safe in a state of anger. I feel vulnerable if I'm sad and hurt. And then that, that once again, perceived weakness for men, it just, it helps to have good quality people around you. Your circle of influence makes all the difference in the world. As you start to talk about these things with the people that are closest to you, it's all ridiculous once you start sharing about it it all. It, it doesn't, it do, it's not in the realm of reality. It's just the emotions got the best of me. That's all. And as soon as I'm done talking about it, it, it dissipates. Damn, I'm so glad we recorded this episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, this I, I even said the episode. <laughs> <laughs> we went deep today. This was good. I'm, talking, I'm gonna I'm gonna post this. I'm like, if you're if you're if you are curious about emotional sobriety, tune in to this week's episode of the Thursday. Name Monday. this
5: episode the slime suit.
1: <laughs> the slime suit. Oh my god. The slime suit. I love All right, well, guys, paid. I've got one coming up. You'll reckon I'm not going to say who it is, but you'll know when you hear it because it's the name of the, the the name of the episode is the meat suit. The meat suit. So you'll be going, oh, that's familiar. the one. That's the one that O was talking about the meat suit. What are we wearing? The meat suit. It's just the meat suit. <laughs> what's inside is our spirit that travels within the meat suit (laughs) you gotta have fun with this stuff guys come on oh all right we're shutting it down with this happy moment right now (laughs) Love you, Mel.
0: Love
5: you, everybody.
4: Love, Love you, everybody. God, too. All of you. Have a good day. Well, night, night.
5: there,
0: isn't it? Bye. Night. Thank you for joining us on the Share Recovery Podcast. To check out the show notes page on this interview or to thank our guests for sharing their story, go to www.thesharepodcast.com. While you're on the website, don't forget to sign up for our free newsletter to stay up to date on the latest news, podcasts, and interviews. Want to be one of our guests and share your story? Then go to our website and click on the share your story button. We share our inspiring recovery stories every Tuesday. So subscribe to our show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio to get your free weekly download. We'll see you then. The opinions shared on this show reflect those of the individual speaker and not of any 12-step fellowship as a whole. And though we discuss 12-step recovery and the impact it had in our lives, we do not promote or endorse any 12-step anonymous program.